0: And I have to tell you that I I thought about I thought about titling this sermon, Are We There Yet? Because every parent in here knows that. Every parent in here has heard that, right? Are we there yet? And it's that voice in the back of back seat on the way to grandma's or on the way to the store or on the way to the park or on the way to, to vacation. It's that voice in the back of the seat or in the back seat that says, you know, time needs to hurry up. I, I, I want to get there. I don't want to wait. I'm done with this. That kids, especially like toddlers and, and you know, in that, that young age, kids that age have a totally different set of time than parents, don't they? Completely different set of time. <laughs> Current mother of, of toddlers wagging her head furiously here. They have a completely different set of time. And here's the thing, I want you to realize, I want you to relate that to how we see God's timing, because He has a different set of time than we have also, right? Our Father in heaven has a different, set of, has a different view of time than we have, just like we have a different set of time than our kids have. So that's why I wanted to call this, are we there yet? Because we're going to talk about this morning, the last things, as it's called, in the the Baptist faith and message. So we're going to be in Acts chapter 1, as you probably surmised earlier in the service. Acts chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 6 and read through 11. It is up here behind me. Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 6. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, are you restoring the kingdom to Israel at this time? He said to them, it's not for you to know times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. After he had said this, he was taken up as they were watching, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, they they were gazing into heaven, and suddenly two men in white clothes stood beside them. They said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up into heaven? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come in the same way that you have seen him going into heaven. So now let's read the uh, the Baptist Faith and, and Message article. It's article 10 entitled, The Last Things. And it says, God in his own time and in his own way will bring the world to its appropriate end according to his promise jesus christ will return personally and visibly in glory to the earth the dead will be raised and christ will judge all men in righteousness the unrighteous will be consigned to hell the place of everlasting punishment the righteous in their resurrected and glorified bodies will receive their reward and will dwell forever in heaven with the lord so you see do you see yet why I wanted to title this, Are We There Yet? Right underneath this article, if you've if you got that your copy of the Baptist Faith and Message, right underneath the article, there's over 45 scripture references. Now, why do you suppose that is? I think it's because God wants us to know these things. God wants us to understand that this life that we know is not all there is. There is more. This ends. As a matter of fact, I think also that God wants us to see that there is a plan, because we have, from Genesis to Revelation, we have the beginning and end of the world we know. So there's, that, that shows us, God, God, God's not up there going, well, what am I going to do today? He is, he, there's a plan, and it, and it began at creation, and it ends. And that's what we're talking about today, it's going to end. The stuff that we know now, the life that we know now, has an end. So, so, let's kind of work our way through this passage in Acts, and first talk about God's timing. Are we there yet? The disciples ask this, right? That in verse six they say, "Lord, are you restoring the kingdom of Israel to this at this time?" See, Jesus has been crucified. He's 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 died, been buried. Risen from the grave. He's been wandering around in his resurrected body. In uh, 1 Corinthians 15, Paul tells us that over 500 people have seen him. And now, it must be time, right? Does this sound familiar? Because I think this is right where we live. We live in, we look around, see the circumstances, and think, it's time. Let's, let's get things done. God has a difference at a time. We have this, are we there yet idea. And it may not even be about heaven or, or about Christ coming back. It may be about uh, the suffering that you're currently enduring or the sickness that you're currently enduring or whatever it is. You're saying, God, it's time. Are we there yet? Our timing is different than God's timing. So we see God's timing in this, in this passage. And, and, and this is right where we live, right in this, come on, God, I need what I need when I need it. I want what I want when I want it. That's us. And this is what Jesus says. He says, it's not for you to know times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. God's timing is different than our timing. And his timing is always perfect. Always perfect. We, we only see, our time, frankly, is always selfish. It's always about how things affect us. We're not looking at the entire world. We're not looking at, at every Christian on earth. We're not looking at every non-Christian on earth. We're just thinking in terms of how things are for us. God's timing is different than our timing. We live in this, in this uh, are we there yet? You ready for the pandemic to end? Are we there yet? Are you ready for, for church to get back to normal and everything to get back to normal and to be able to go into a restaurant or, or, a, or a store without wearing a mask? Are we there yet? God's timing is different than ours. Just like our timing is different than a toddler's. Now, there's a scary part to the, to the Baptist face and message also. The article in the scriptures say that there is a time coming of judgment. The, the article says the unrighteous will be consigned to hell, the place of eter- everlasting punishment. The righteous in their resurrected and glorified bodies will receive the reward and will dwell forever in heaven with the Lord. Matthew 25 tells us that when Jesus comes back, he is going to separate the sheep and the goats, those that know him and those that don't. There is a separation and judgment going to happen. And, and it, the Bible speaks, that the, especially the Gospels, speak of a place where the unrighteous go. And it is, it's described as the place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's scary stuff. Weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's quite descriptive. And so, so this time is coming. Now, one of the, uh, if, if, you're, uh, if you read the, the, the sermons of some of the old pastors, Jonathan Edwards, probably his best-known sermon, was, was uh, given in July of 1741. And it was called, Sinners in the Hand of an Angry God there are even paintings that have been made from this sermon now his his text for that sermon was Deuteronomy 32:35 that says vengeance belongs to me i will repay in time their foot will slip for their day of disaster is near and their doom is coming quickly we like to talk about the god of grace we like to talk about the god of of mercy We like to talk about the God of love, and all of those are absolutely accurate, but there is also the the God who will have a wrath on sin. Sin has destroyed this world that he made. It has destroyed us. We now die. Everything now dies because of sin. God will set things right. He must. Now, I have never been, and I'm not trying to be today, uh, uh, a health, hellfire and brimstone preacher. I am just telling you this day is coming. The day is coming when when the sheep and the goats will be separated. The day is coming when all things will be made right by God. And it, and it specifically says that he's coming in the clouds. Now this is just just packed with meaning. This is pregnant with meaning. Coming in the clouds. Let me read you Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. I continued watching in the night visions, and suddenly one like a son of man was coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was escorted before him. He was given dominion and glory and a kingdom, so that those of every people, nation, and language should serve him. His dominion was an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will not be destroyed. So connect some dots here. What did Jesus call himself over and over again in the Gospels? The Son of Man. He is making a reference to this Daniel 7 prophecy. Now, the, the Jewish people would have known, known that right away. They would have connected this, they knew their prophets. So they would have connected all this easily. And Jesus literally Uh, uh, quotes Daniel 7 in several places in the Gospels. When he's in in the trial of Caiaphas, the high priest, he says, then you will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. So this Son of Man title, it was, at the time of Jesus, it was not well understood. There were a lot of different, the Pharisees and the, the rabbis, they had a lot of different views and opinions on who this Son of Man was. Jesus comes and calls himself that, and fulfills it. And then how does he go up to heaven? In a cloud. And how is he going to come back? In a cloud. Now, I want you to understand this isn't a weather forecast. He's not just saying he's going to come back on a cloudy day. Clouds mean so much in Scripture. What uh, what guided the, the people of the Exodus through the wilderness? A pillar of cloud and fire. What was on top of Mount Sinai when, he, when Moses was given the, the Ten Commandments? Clouds and fire. That this, this is the, the idea of the power of God, the very power of God coming. The clouds. And, and so this idea that Jesus is coming back in the clouds, it means more, again, than just a weather forecast. What it's talking about here is he is going to come as a conquering king. He has already been here as the suffering servant. He came as the suffering servant of Isaiah the first time. When he comes back, he is coming as conquering king. He's coming in the clouds in the very power of God. It's a powerful image. And, that, and when he comes back, those who are in Christ and those who are not in Christ will be separated like the sheep and the goats. That's what Scripture tells us. There, this day is coming. And, and Scripture is even clear, like, like Luke 17, and among many others, that everyone on, on earth will know when Jesus comes back. It, it, Luke 17 gives us the picture of lightning that lights up the sky from the east to the west, from horizon to horizon. Everyone will know. Now, you have to think about that. In our current day, because in this day, how is it even possible that, that God Jesus could come and everyone in the world know? It, it, it seems unlikely, but in our day, with cell phones, smartphones, internet, 24-hour news cycle, yes, every single one of us will know when Jesus returns. We will know. we'll see it. It will be everywhere. So until then, until that day, we have work to do. I want you to notice how Jesus and then the two angels both focus the disciples. They say, are we there yet? Is this the time? And what does Jesus say? You will be my witnesses in the whole world. Then then they're standing there looking up. And what do the two angels say? Why are you standing around looking up? We got work to do. We got work to do. There are folks, you and I know, that are headed for this place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. There are folks that we know that are not going where we are. That's our work. That's what we got to get about. We have to be about the work of the coming king. Because this day, when he comes in the clouds, is coming. We have to be about the work of the coming king. We need to get after it. We know how this ends. We're told more than 45 times in in Scripture. We know how this ends. And it doesn't end well for those who are not in Christ. We know that. That should motivate us. That should be a driving force for us to let others know About our faith in Christ. Now, the timing of all this. There are different views of the timing of all of this. And I'm just going to hit a few of the the most popular ones. The first one, uh, pre-trib. Now, this is Jesus comes back before the tribulation period. Post-trib, Jesus comes back at the end of the tribulation period. A-trib, there is no tribulation period. We're kind of in it now, and it's just a spiritual thing. Then there is premillennial, which Jesus comes back before an earthly millennial reign. There is postmillennial. Jesus comes back after a thousand-year or millennial spiritual reign. And amillennial, there is no, no thousand-year reign. It's all just kind of spiritual. These are, and, and then you have combinations of these. So you can be a a pre-trib post-millennial or a post-trib pre-millennial. And what does all this sound like to you? Are we there yet? That's what it sounds like to me. Are we there yet? What did Jesus have to say about all of these positions, about when he was coming back? What did Jesus have to say? He said, it is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. We're not gonna know. We know it is. We know the plan. From beginning to end, we are not gonna know the when. Are we there yet? Shouldn't be our attitude. Our attitude should be about being witnesses in all of the world, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And it should be not standing around looking up. It should be about the work of the coming king. Are you you focused on the work of the coming king? Do you know for sure that you're in Christ and that when this separation happens, you're going to be on the right side? I'm going to ask that you bow your heads. Do you know for certain that when the separation happens, when when Jesus comes in the power of God and, and sets the world right, that you're going to be on the right side? You can know. You can know this morning. It's as simple as a prayer. We simply... Pray and acknowledge that we have sin in our life. God, I have sin in my life. I've done things wrong. I've said things wrong. I've thought things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But I trust that Jesus came and died in my place on that cross. He died so that when this day comes, the day of the Lord comes, I'll be on the right side. So I ask you to forgive me because of his finished work on the cross. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, let somebody know. Maybe this morning you know Christ, but you, are, you, you, you honestly feel like you are now just in the are we there yet category. Will you, between you and God this morning, make a commitment to be about the work of the coming King? Father, we thank you for this scripture. We thank you, Father, that that we know, we can know for certain, you are coming back for us. Help us to focus on taking people with us Help us to focus on sharing our faith so that no one we know ends up in the place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. Remind us of that commitment this morning. And remind us, Father, when we decide the timing of of when things should happen, remind us of are we there yet?